has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, your camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And the second scripture is in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, Report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The word of the Lord. An unusual place to start is with the story from a collection of the lives of the saints, the saints of Islam, which concerns a king of Balka, now northern Afghanistan, named Ibrahim ibn Adam. Ibrahim was wealthy according to every earthly measure. At the same time, however, he sincerely and restlessly strove to be wealthy spiritually as well. One night, the king was roused from sleep by a fearful stumping on the roof above his bed. Alarmed, he shouted, who's there? A friend, 
came the reply from the roof, I've lost my camel. Perturbed by such stupidity, Ibrahim screamed, you fool, are you looking for a camel on the roof? You fool, the voice from the roof answered. Are you looking for God in silk clothing and lying on a golden bed? The story goes on, according to the Jesuit theologian Walter Burkhardt, to tell how these simple words filled the king with such terror that he arose from his sleep to become a most remarkable saint. This is Epiphany Sunday, celebrated as the divine revelation is God, of God made man. But before we go too far into God's revelation, let us take a quick look at the general idea of an epiphany in its most basic non-religious sense. It is merely a new understanding, though often a significant or life-changing understanding. Many women, after they have received confirmation that they are pregnant, take that as an epiphany, what it means to become a new mother to be responsible for another life, for their life to be redefined, all leading to a new understanding of who they are. I can't recall any profound epiphanies in my life, but when I suddenly understood calculus to be a beautiful and useful tool in science rather than something to unsuccessfully try and memorize, I wanted to share my understanding. Depending on who I shared it with, I generally received one of two responses. One was a bored, well, duh, are you just now getting it? The other response was almost as bored. What are you jabbering about? I must admit that my response to the following epiphany was equally bored and very much confused. One writer stated that his biggest personal epiphany came in the form of a tuna fish sandwich. He did admit that this wasn't his first tuna fish sandwich, nor could he really describe what his epiphany was. But in a very telling statement, he said that that doesn't matter. It was his epiphany and would not make sense, nor should it make sense to anyone else. Yet, when it comes to a divine epiphany, we should treat it much more like the Islamic king. Something to move us, hopefully not to terror, but move us to action. A divine epiphany should never be boring nor make sense only to a single individual. 
From the Matthew account of the birth of Jesus, there are a number of elements that should guide our understanding of this incredible epiphany. Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. The first is that the wise men followed a star, followed a light that was shining down from above. They did not arrive at a conclusion that they themselves could bring about this divine revelation. This was not of their own doing. Rather, it is about God deciding to whom he would reveal himself. Yet these men did have a role in this revelation. They had a responsible a responsibility to react to what they saw, what they had learned, and follow the light streaming down from on high. Second element to be understood is exactly who were these wise men. In the popular carol, they were three kings. However, this is taken from the fact that scripture only mentions three gifts. So somebody decided three gifts must be three kings. Also, the song fills in from the Orient as opposed to Matthew's statement from the East. Even the common term magi leads us to speculate as to whether they were practitioners of some form of magic or astrology or other things. To be safe, let us claim only that these men came from a distant land, that they were wise, well-studied individuals, and Gentiles. Amazingly, God did not use a Jew to receive this special revelation. But to be a Gentile and to have God himself reveal himself to a Gentile is both an indictment of the Hebrew leaders and an astonishing inclusion for whom this revelation was intended. It clearly was for all people. These Gentiles knew Hebrew scripture. They knew they were seeking the newborn king of the Jews. And when Herod asked where this new king was born, the reply came from the leaders in Jerusalem with a quote from Micah, the same one that Bree used as her sermon text two weeks ago. In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no reason least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is the shepherd, my people Israel. The third element is these men were humble. Humble beyond belief. Most likely, they did not arrive immediately after Jesus was born, and hence, they may not have knelt down in the muck and the filth around the manger. But they did come 
and kneel before an infant. An infant from a different ethnic group, a different country, a different religion, and paid him homage and worshipped him. One could say that these wise men had heard someone searching for a camel on their roofs. Notice the other people mentioned in the account in Matthew. King Herod did not want to bow down before a child. Herod only saw him as a threat to his own rule and wanted to kill Jesus. The religious leaders did not want to, doubt, to bow down before him. They were much more comfortable ignoring him. If Jesus were the Messiah, then all that they had hoped for, had desired, was probably wrong. This infant clearly was not a warrior king come to save them from the oppression of Rome. From their perspective, there was no need to be reconciled with God, for they knew the laws and thought that, that, that they did not need anything else. So they missed out on this divine epiphany. Let's turn back in time to the book of Isaiah that we heard read earlier. Arise, shine, for your life has, light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise among you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Again, a light from above, a divine epiphany. Yet again, the leaders missed the meaning. Nations is the term for those who were not Jewish. These, this was a term for the Gentile nations. It is often as the Hebrews were called to take care of the stranger, the resident alien amongst them, they wanted only to try and keep this light for themselves. Yet as we seek the light of Christ, as we respond to the light from above that guides us, there is always a concern that what we take be God's light is in reality something else. We have so many sources competing for our attention, for our allegiance. Many of these might appear to be light. For as long as I have read a newspaper, the complaint has been that they mostly print negative news. Bus crashes and train wrecks crimes and unethical behavior. When challenged, the standard reply was that this type of news is what sold newspapers. Interestingly, back when I was delivering the Chicago Tribune as a boy, the Trib intentionally reversed this trend on one single day. On Christmas Day, no negative news was allowed on the front page.
If we are only to see the world around us in the light of newspapers, we would not see how safe it is to travel by train or bus. We would not be aware of the number of people who do good things, who take care of each other. When we see only the false light of social media, we have no way to know, to sort out what is true. As we have discovered, we cannot be totally sure of exactly who is making the posts. And we are often exposed to extreme views based on hatreds and fears and bigotry. When we see the world through the lens of politics, we see only divisiveness and special interests and use and abuse of power. When we let economics become the source of our light, we can reduce the state of the world to a simple question of whether we have enough. Generally, the answer is no. Or to how a decision will affect our personal net worth. And when we gather all these different voices together, we might even mistake the darkness for light. The director of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College conducted a survey in which white evangelicals were asked to name all the factors that influenced their votes in 2016. To be considered an evangelical, respondents had to strongly agree with four specific questions, the first of which is, the Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Yet, only a third mentioned abortion or the Supreme Court, and less than one-fifth mentioned LGBT issues as the basis for their votes. Their top issues were the economy, health care, national security, and immigration. What they claimed to be their faith-based issues did not seem to drive their votes. Let me stress that I am not trying to point fingers at white evangelical Protestants, nor claim that their faith is any less valid than my own. However, I am saying that we, all of us, need to be very careful to acknowledge which star we are following. Our guiding star, hopefully, scripture, not politics, nor social media, nor overtly biased news sources. Scripture is the source of hope and joy and love. Scripture emphasizes that the divine epiphany is for all people. I do admit that I struggle with this. I often want to focus on a single issue 
or a single verse of scripture that supports my view, I have found that I can very easily mislead myself from the entirety of the gospel message to rationalize my actions, but still I seek to follow the light of God, light of God revealed through the epiphany of God made man, Jesus Christ. If we hear someone searching for their camel on our rooftop, I suggest we had best get up, examine who we are and where we are, and decide if that is the best place to seek God's epiphany for us. And if not, I suggest we arouse ourselves from our sleep and go and follow the light, the light of Jesus Christ.